Hey, the Washington football team that classified best podcast that's out there. You know we got some good people like Eric and Ellie, they on there. We know Washington football team, the best team out there, and we don't care. They used to talk about how we ain't make it to the players, but boy, did y'all go there? Let's talk about Chase Young getting them sacks. Let's talk about Gibson running it back. Let's talk about Terry Lawrence scoring touchdowns every time he catching that pass. Let's talk about Rupert Foster, how he's sitting there waiting for somebody to run that slant. Let's talk about Kim Fuller, how many picks he got. Yeah, the boy be still in the pass. Pick six. Welcome back to the Washington Football Team Declassified Podcast. I'm Brian. I'm here with uh, Eric. Eric, how are you? Doing well. How are you doing tonight? Oh, man. Awesome. Awesome. We got big things happening tonight. Ellie, how are you? I'm doing well. How's it going, guys? Right, pretty good. Pretty good. We've got a special guest with us tonight. Um, if uh, any of you guys listening, follow me on Twitter. Uh, you know who this is. I retweet a lot of their content. They have really good content, NFL, fantasy football, uh, also the draft. Uh, I've got Harris, uh, host of the Draft ID podcast with us. Harris, how are you, man? Good. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? I'm so happy to be on the show. Um, I I'm kind of like secondhand a Washington football team fan now, just because I'm, I'm always, you know, listening to all your content and see you guys on Twitter all the time and appreciate all the retweets. So whenever I see Washington in a close one, I'm always pulling for them as long as they're not playing one of my teams. Right, well, we appreciate it because uh, we can use all the support we can get uh, right hey, now. Hey, man, you tell me about losing right now. Like every team I've touched in any sport, their specialty is losing right now. So I know yeah. how it is. I know how it is. No, absolutely, and we'll we'll get to those teams here in a minute. But let's uh, jump off uh, right into the NFL. Um, this we just finished the NFL season. It was uh, a different season. First eighteen game season. Um, you still had uh, COVID. Fans just got back into the stands. Guys missing games because of COVID, and there wasn't really a you know kind of real dominant team like we usually have. Um, even some of the better teams. The Rams lost to the Detroit Lions, the Bills lost to the Jaguars. Like, what were your thoughts on this whole uh, NFL season as a, as a whole, as we, uh, we just kind of wrapped up? I thought this was a fun season. Uh, you know, obviously as a Panthers fan and, um, you know, cheering for the Giants a good bit as well, it wasn't a fun one because there was a lot of losses um, on the Panthers end, injuries all season. We started off 3-0 and and then lost our first round top 10 pick for the season. So that wasn't easy. Um, and then kind of just the losing streaks started stacking up. So it wasn't f- fun from like a fan side of things. However, the more I've gotten into writing and podcasting, all that, I've become a little bit less tied down to one team and more so trying to cover the NFL and follow that. I thought it was a fun season. And I said it multiple times throughout the year. I was like, this season is an absolute treat. And the primetime games, for the most, we didn't see too many primetime games where we were sitting around thinking, all right, who set up this this game? Like, who scheduled this? We did right. have some stinkers, but at the same time, we got to see some of the rookie quarterbacks play. So, like, Justin Fields wasn't going to be amazing, obviously, but it was still fun kind of seeing the spark that he had. Yep. Um, but, yeah, fun season, and Packers are looking really strong right now, and oh, yeah. um, Chiefs are look like they're getting hot again. So I think it's shaping up for a really good uh, postseason. No, I definitely agree. Eric, what uh, what do you think uh, about this uh, NFL season we just got done watching? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Definitely a lot to talk about this year. Just, you know, not just following our own team, which obviously we do, but just all around the league. You know, the, all the, the conspiracy theories about who's vaccinated and who isn't was always fun. Um, and just, you know, you never know. You had wins like 
uh, like Harris mentioned, you know, you had games like, you know, Jacksonville beating Buffalo where just out of nowhere, you come from that. And you've got, you know, the whole thing, I was following new England this year, uh, kind of on the, on the slide. And I thought it was really amazing what they did, uh, the way that they just coddled, uh, Mac Jones, um, to the point where, and it's, it's very similar to what they did with Brady, uh, early in his career, that first year where they just relied on the running game to defense and let him not lose. Uh, and look what he turned into. So I see, I see really good things coming from Mac Jones. Um, you know, I'm very, you know, very interested in, in seeing what's going to go down in the playoffs because I don't, there's no favorite this year. I know that, you know, a couple teams have home field advantage. Uh, the Titans getting Derrick Henry back is massive. I love it. And I'm just, I can't wait to see what that guy can do in the playoffs full. I mean, he's rested and healthy. Oh, it's going to be awesome to watch. Um, but the is there really advantage a, as well? Yeah. But is there really a favorite in the AFC as good as the chiefs have been over the last two months? You know, and the Patriots are always going to be the Patriots. They're the, obviously the most, you know, the well-coached team that they are. Uh, Andy Reid still has Andy Reid moments where he just like completely blows the clock management. You just never know what's going to happen in this this season, especially. And just like, why would you even count out somebody like Las Vegas, who has just somehow managed to, to just squeak into playoffs despite everything that's gone on there this year? And they're in the playoffs. They, they you know, they, they beat the Chargers to get in. Uh, which I was, I was, I'm a big Herbert guy, so I was rooting for the Chargers, but whatever. Uh, it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, in the playoffs. I can't wait. It's, it's only getting better. This has been a great year. Agreed. I think uh, the, the parody in the NFL this season has been exceptional. I mean, uh, you know, there's not maybe that dominant team, but I mean, there's so many really good teams, so much good football to watch. And um, Harris, uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs kind of struggled this year. Um, they weren't that uh, just kind of amazing show that, uh, you know, we've seen um, Patrick Mahomes kind of struggled a little bit. They, you know, they still won games and he kind of rounded back into form. Uh, it looks like here towards the end of the season. But, uh, you know, kind of what happened uh, with those guys? Did everyone else just kind of catch up with them? So this is a team that completely reworked their offensive line. Um, this is a team that struggled with a lot of injuries defensively to start off the season. Um, this is a team that started some young guys in their secondary that are starting to get a little bit more comfortable now. I just think that the standard that we're holding Patrick Mahomes to is, you know, higher than anybody else. This dude has been to the AFC championship every single time he's been a starter in the NFL. So he's been three for three. He could make it four for four this year. He, he's one of the most amazing players of the generation, but we just kind of have to get used to seeing, all right, guys are going to have a bad three or four game stretch. We don't know if he was injured somewhere. We don't know, you know, you have a pretty minor injury, um, injuries all over the field. It was a tough stretch of schedule. Um, and I think naturally using a couple of those primetime games where he looked like he wasn't the 500 yard, six touchdown Patrick Mahomes. He was like the two touchdowns and get the win Patrick Mahomes. So uh, I know they started off slow, but they went on an absolute tear and they very much look like they could be a team. And I don't know any reason not to think why they could totally win the Super Bowl again. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I think it uh, looks like they're, everything's kind of coming back together for them. Uh, Eric, what do you think about uh, some of the Chiefs uh, struggles they had this year and kind of how they're uh, they're looking uh, a little bit uh, like uh, like how they used to now? Yeah, with all the changes that they've had, the constants have been over the past, even before Patrick Mahomes got there, was Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Two guys that are extremely hard to stop. And you saw Tampa was able to take those guys away. And then the other guys like Nicole Hardman and, and, and the crew couldn't quite, you know, hold it down. They couldn't quite pull it off. And I think if a team can figure out a way to somehow 
you know, be that dominant on defense again, where they can take, they can neutralize me, uh, Tyreek Hill and uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, you know, the Chiefs are vulnerable. Patrick Mahomes is great, but you saw without, you know, his two superstars last year in the Super Bowl. And I, and I and all the people that were online and I, this was almost one of the things that made me leave Twitter was people just saying, well, Patrick Mahomes isn't all that. I'm like, the dude was like 90 degrees parallel to the field, sidearming a throw and hit a guy in the face. Like, what else do you want him to do? He was amazing in that game. He just didn't have the help. Um, Absolutely. You know, the Chiefs, they the go. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say just to go along with that, like didn't have the help. He also they had Derek Gore starting as running back for several games this year. They had, mm-hmm. you know, missing CEH for majority of the season. And I know he's not looking like the best right now because guys like Jonathan Taylor were drafted after him, but he still is, you know, an impactful player and they're going to miss him. He's probably like their third best offensive player. Absolutely. Um, skill position at least. So yeah, like losing him, that's tough. And I don't know the story with, I know he's been battling injuries lately. I don't know if he'll be back at all for the playoffs. Is he, is he out for that too? Uh, CEH, I think has got some playing time. I know Hill was actually a full go at practice today, which seemed to be a bit of a surprise. Um, Edward Tiller, I believe got in the last couple of weeks, uh, at least, but he's just not hundred percent clearly. Uh, yeah. He's just been just injured all same. year. Yeah. So, you know, Derek Gore, um, you know, he's been, you know, admirable but he's not the same guy he's not the guys you know he's not Jarek McKinnon like yeah yeah you I mean it's, it's a step back for sure yeah they can they can play in the scheme and they can get they you know they can make some plays but they're not the they're not the, ne- the next level of back that you know that you might need in the playoffs no absolutely absolutely uh so wild card weekend is uh coming up and one of the things I was looking at with this with these games uh there's some good games but one of the things I noticed is there's a lot of young passers uh, in the wild card round uh, this year. So, I mean, we've got Joe Burrow, second year passer, Kyler Murray, third year passer, Jalen Hurts, uh, second year passer. Uh, maybe second year runner is a better thing to call Jalen. Air quotes passer. Yeah, yeah, air quotes passer. Mac Jones, first year. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's really wild to look at the inexperience in this wild card round. I mean, you just listed them off, but. It's funny because you got Tom Brady who's playing in his 45th postseason game, which is yep. insane. Most franchises haven't even played in that in that time span. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then you've got you know Josh Allen's played in a handful, and um, I guess Dak and Jimmy G and Ben Roethlisberger, and then Mahomes obviously. Yep. But you've got a bunch of guys making a playoff debut, and you just said Joe Burrow, Derek Carr has never played in a playoff game, uh, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts. And Dak's played in, I guess, a couple, and Jimmy G's played in a couple, like I said, but nothing crazy. They don't have any insane, like, playoff experience. It's no. going to be wild. Like, we don't know what to expect here. I think we're going to see some upsets. Um, I'm most excited about seeing some of these cold-weather games. Buffalo, it's supposed to be three degrees at game time. So that, that one's going to be fun. I mean, I don't think it's going to be the wind bowl again like they had last time, but it's going to be a fun game. Oh, I, I hope it's three degrees and I hope it's a blizzard. I, I want to see snow and I want to see them run the football and I want to see lots of fumbles. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Eric, what do you think about all these uh, young quarterbacks? Um, no playoff experience, a little bit of playoff experience um, uh, in the playoffs here. Yeah, I think experience is really a big factor when you get to playoff uh, football. It's very rare to see a young first time you know, playoff quarterback have a lot of success. So with that said, I'm going to kind of pick against some of the guys like Murray, 
Like, I yeah. think that uh, Stafford gets his first ever playoff win this weekend um, against Kyler Murray and the, uh, the Cardinals. I mean, the way the Cardinals have looked over the past month to begin with hasn't been great. And I think it's, you know, Stafford is due. I don't think the, the Rams are going to threaten for the Super Bowl. But I think that they, I think they get out of this weekend. Um, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and take, you know, <sighs> Dak Prescott, probably oh, I can see. You did uh, it. No, I don't know. Cause San Francisco's defense can really wreak havoc. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's a toss up, you know, the 49ers and, and Cowboys, but um, it would not surprise me to see the Cowboys get out of the weekend. Uh, it also wouldn't surprise me to see the 49ers do it uh, with the way they run the ball. Uh, in I'm right offense. there with you. Yeah, that's gonna yeah. be that's probably gonna be the game of the weekend. That's the best game. Yeah, right, right. Um, totally agree. Yeah, Wouldn't Brady's not losing in the first round. I can promise you that. Yeah, no. The that, funny that, thing is, we we talk about um, we talk about the coaching changes this week, obviously, and you know, fan bases throwing guys under the bus. Wait until a couple of these guys that haven't had much success in the playoffs. Wait till those fan bases. I mean, Buffalo, if they if they oh, don't McCarthy. make it out of the first round. Yeah, Dallas is going to uh, run, especially if Kellen Moore McCarthy, gets a job somewhere else, and Mike uh, McCarthy's they're stuck with him there. <laughs> Shanahan again, you know, Shanahan doesn't make it win a Super Bowl again. I mean, they'll be out there with the pitchforks. Yeah, no, absolutely, they will. Uh, they'll turn on them if uh, they don't win at all. What do you guys? Uh, you know, you, you guys uh, just mentioned it. Um, what do you guys think of Matthew Stafford? He started out the year on fire, um, just looked great, and then he kind of hit a rough patch. Um, and was turning the ball over, wasn't, uh, you know, kind of converting. And then, you know, it, it kind of picked it up. But even these last couple of games, he's he's had some interceptions. Um, and just for such a loaded team, just kind of seems odd uh, that he's playing like that. Right. He's, he's leading the league and pick sixes right now. So that's a fun stat. Uh, he, he's played all right. He's played well. I've always liked Stafford. Um, I've never been in the camp where I think Stafford's like a top five, top three guy. I think he's got a big arm. I think he's, you know, can make a lot of passes, but he's never been the best at handling close games. Um, and people can kind of say, yeah, well, he's from, he played in Detroit for most of his career and whatnot. There were some really good teams in Detroit that we forget about, um, especially those years with Megatron. They had some 12 win teams that went to the playoffs and didn't get past the first or second round. He uh, He's 0 3 in the playoffs right now. So he can kind of get chalked up with those guys. Um, and he's playing against Kyler Murray. So I think the Rams are going to end up winning. I'm, I'm not big on the Cardinals. I think there's a lot going on there, especially when you have news like Chandler Jones already saying he's not going to be back with the team next year. When you hear that from a playoff team, that's never a good sign. You know, it means that they have the priorities in the wrong place. Yeah. I, I think Stafford is going to get in the first round. No chance he's going to win Super Bowl. I'll go ahead and say that. And I know they've done any, they've done everything they can to build this, this team no chance that Stafford's winning at the Super Bowl. I'll just go out on a limb and say that. Yeah, and Stafford has always been streaky. He's, you know, he has stretches yeah. where he's just yeah, on – and you saw it. Freaky. Yeah, I mean, he – You think he's going to beat Brady or Rodgers? Do you think he no. would head to head? I mean, if, no he's, chance. If, he, if he's hot, if he somehow manages to get hot for a game, then, sh you know, he's got a shot. But, you know, he's just – he's very hot and cold, always has been. And this year – I mean, you saw the, the 49ers game, the last game of the season – you know, he came into it having completed like 15 straight passes. He completed like his first 13 passes in that game. Uh, he was unstoppable. And then after halftime, yep. he just turned into a pumpkin. Um, and that's kind of been the story of his career. He just, he's yep. just, you know, hot and cold. And uh, you don't and imagine know him come. in Lambeau, man. Imagine him playing in Lambeau and that weather. I had no chance the Rams are going to win. Yeah. yeah, I don't see the the Rams. I mean, I can see them winning this weekend because, you know, the Cardinals uh, are just looking like they're on the ropes. Um 
but uh, in Murray, I just, I'm not a big believer in Kyler Murray. Um, still, you know, he's obviously put up some numbers this year. I just, I'm not a huge fan of his, um, but yeah, I don't see them. I don't see the Cardinals winning this weekend. So Stafford, I think does get off the schneid as far as playoff wins, but I don't think they go past the divisional round either. Yeah, no, I agree with both of you guys. Um, I think Stafford, uh, really good. I don't think he is uh, kind of in that top tier of, uh, of guys, but I think they have more than enough to, uh, to run by the, uh, the Cardinals this weekend. Um, I would have loved if we landed him, though. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> I would love him to be on my team. Yeah, if we desperate for that. that trade, that would have been our, – our season would have been different, but I do hear us. Um, Harris, I know you follow the Giants. You follow Daniel Jones. I think right after uh, we recorded yesterday, um, our buddy Joe Judge got uh, got let go. What uh, you have any thoughts on uh, him getting uh, getting fired yesterday? Yeah, I know, and it's probably a, a good joke around the Washington football community right now with all the changes the Giants have had. Yeah, but uh, I think it just boiled down to. A lot of the rumors were false that were coming out of New York, and that's just kind of how the New York scumbag media has worked. Um, the guys that cover the team, they get tipped off by the wrong guys. They get led the wrong way. They get, get smoke screens, and everybody's trying to be first. So I think there was probably a false report coming out that he for sure was coming back in 2022. I don't think anything changed in the last few weeks. They gave him a chance to kind of make his case, and uh, I don't think he made it. I think the big reason is they probably had some players uh, input on it. And it seems like what's coming out of New York is he didn't have much uh, support from the players or the team. Like he thought he did, or that he said that he did and it probably even twisted it the wrong way. Um, yeah. yeah I, I think it's just tough when you win seven games in two years or whatever it was, 10 games in two years. Yeah. Uh, not Nobody's going to really want to keep you around when you've only outpaced Dan Campbell by three wins. It's just <laughs> with one of the worst rosters in football when the giants are supposed to have a good roster. I know they have terrible, terrible, terrible offensive line they have for the last few years, but this is a team where they spent $80 million bringing in Kenny Galladay and you've got, you know, Saquon coming back and Daniel Jones is makes all the throws anybody makes, but it's just the consistency of the team's not there. They haven't kept guys healthy. Um, if you look at the starting lineup, I don't think it was, the same one time the entire season because there's always at least three or four guys out um and it i think the the culture you know it's going to change they're going to bring in a new coach hopefully some guy somebody with some nfl coaching uh coordinator experience maybe not a special teams coordinator um i think the fit is brian daywell from buffalo uh you see what he did with josh allen i think daniel jones uh similar type quarterback. Um, if you look at their strengths, both of them, very big athletic, hard to bring down and big arms. Um, you know, and I think that the offense they're running with Garrett could work with some teams, but it was not, you know, designed for the New York giants strengths. And so do you not think the giants are going to go quarterback this year? They're not going to, they're, they're, I think that they would, yeah, I think they they have to roll with Jones again. Um, obviously, I can't say with confidence what they're going to do because I don't even know who their GM's going to be. But you'd have to imagine uh, whoever's in the interview with the ownership probably are going to have that figured out before the job is accepted or offered. Um, that's you know obviously a huge franchise franchise decision. He's been given three years and he's been hurting all of them and has had terrible you know, luck with injuries on his skill positions. He's had, um, you know, dealt with some adversity and he's still looked really good at times and put up some good numbers at times. He cut down on the turnovers. 
I think that they're foolish to roll with anybody in the draft. Um, there's nobody that's going to give you an upgrade, just not right away at least, probably not long-term in my opinion. Um, but there is a strong class coming the year after. So if for some reason they want to get rid of them after next year, they can right. you know maybe land someone like Stroud or um, – I don't even want to think that far in advance of who's going to be around uh, yeah. Bryce Young, I guess. And maybe like Will Rogers or something or looking like first round talent now. Uh, yeah. I think you got to roll with Daniel Jones. We've seen what he can do. We've seen the upside and you just got to find somebody that can harness it. And I think that the biggest mistake that the giants organization has made is that they fired Pat Shermer after Daniel Jones's 25 touchdown rookie season. I mean, if you get a guy that has any, success with a rookie quarterback you keep him around at least for another year see what he can do um so i i'm excited for a new scheme i think daniel jones is as talented as you know some of the those top 15 top 10 guys i think he absolutely is and i think the upside's there we just gotta see the right you know pieces put together in that that uh organization no absolutely uh eric uh, any thoughts on on uh, uh judge uh getting uh of the boot uh it's too bad makes me a little well, sad maybe you can't hear me. yeah it makes me a little sad that he's gone um you know <laughs> for all the for all the flack that daniel snyder gets that is well very well deserved uh you have to take a look at the maras ownership um they tend to meddle they seem like they are kind of pulling they're kind of got that jerry jones pulling the strings from the background but they're just a lot more quiet about it oh yeah um and I don't, I don't see them. I can very well see them promoting somebody from within to GM, so that they can continue to run things from the back. And I'm fine with that because I mean it hasn't worked uh, since a Corsi left. I think it was a Corsi that got on the Super Bowl. I don't remember, but uh, it's been a while since they've had any real success. And it seems like they've been uh, pulling the strings uh, in the background. No, I'm uh, I'm very sad that uh, Judge left. I, I would have hoped for him to stay many years uh, there, um, but. Harris, let's go to uh, your favorite team, uh, the Panthers. Um, uh, you, I think you mentioned it earlier. Uh, you guys traded for Darnold, and you guys started hot. You were 3-0 defense. Looked amazing and uh, took a turn. What uh, kind of – how did you think uh, your guys' season went? Yeah, so they started off – hot i mean we say they started off hot they beat the jets they beat the texans and they beat the saints um so i mean two teams that weren't worth much and the other divisional team they hate that wasn't very good this year as well um i i was feeling good though i mean three wins in the nfl was three wins in the nfl um darnold looked all right we got to that dallas game in week four darnold kept pace with the strong dallas offense was throwing touchdowns um did have two interceptions, I think, to Trevon Diggs that game. Um, so, you know, we kind of saw, like, the downside of him. Right. And then, you know, I think later on in the season when they were around 500 is when he suffered that hit to the shoulder and it just wasn't the same for the rest of the year. Um, they tried to kind of pull a publicity stunt and sign Cam Newton. Um, I think we all know that Cam Newton's not the same Cam Newton. He's probably not a uh, starter quality quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, but the running abilities there, and it worked a little bit. They got a win with him. Um, and then when Darnold came back, 
Matt Rule resorted to a two-quarterback system, system, which which maybe will work at Temple, maybe will work at Baylor, but that's not going to work in the NFL. It's just not. It's too easy to game plan. You know exactly why Cam Newton's coming on the field. Um, It it just didn't work, and it it was a big failure. And Matt Rule is in over his head, I think, and essentially I think is going to get fired after next year. Yeah, I, I can tell you when we played you guys and Cam Newton scored that first touchdown, I was I was scared. I was like, oh, no, Cam, uh, Cam's back. Uh, I mean, he looked and he had a pretty decent game. He, it was a yeah, was, he did. Um, so I thought uh, I thought he was, uh, you know, going to, you know, kind of put it together and uh, kind of show something these last couple of games. But it, it kind of wore off after that. Um, yeah, rule. Um, I had seen a, a clip. Uh, reporters were asking him about some of the rules and things like that um uh, and, and then the the offensive coordinator he let go is there or is he already looking at candidates for offensive coordinator or any kind of rumors about who uh who's going to get a uh, nod there yeah um i've heard bill o'brien maybe might be in the mix um not sure about that I think, yeah, the the, fix, the focus has been put on finding a coordinator, um, find, you know, a new offensive scheme. I think probably some, some control has been taken out of Matt Rule's hand. I mean, he, was on, he had a pretty hot seat, and uh, Tepper is reportedly pretty embarrassed with the hire that he made and making Matt Rule not only, um, you know, the new head coach, but the highest paid head coach in the NFL and the, or the highest, you know, biggest contract in NFL coaching history. So – yeah, that one's not looking too good. He's got another five years left on that contract. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think you got to take some control out of his hands. You got to find an offensive coordinator that can put together a, a scheme, a team-friendly scheme. And I think you kind of have to stick with Sam Darnold another year. We've seen the upside. We've seen the downside. But he's already got that fifth-year tag. Um, there's no really, no really way of dealing him. Nobody's going to trade for him most likely unless somebody um, who knows maybe like big Fangio, if they left him in Denver or something, maybe he would try to make a trade for him. But uh, that's, that's doubtful um, that anybody's going to want Darnold. And now you got $18 million you got to pay him. So you, you can't bring in anybody else. You just can't. And I don't think they draft anyone in the first round. Um, I know they're sitting pretty at six, but I just don't think this is the class to kind of go complete rebuild with. I think if you have a team like Washington and, you can find some success um, with a young guy or a game manager for the first few years, um, kind of like New England did with Mac Jones. I think you take a shot on someone like Pickett, but yeah. Carolina needs a new offensive line. They're yeah. far from it. Do you think uh, you bring in any competition for uh, Don? Or, you know, maybe, you know, if they don't go, you know, rookie first round, but maybe, uh, you know, a second or third round, uh, you know, quarterback or something, just, you know, some additional uh, – uh, kind of competition uh, form, or is yeah. he just going to kind of be the unquestioned guy coming into next year? Yes. Yeah, so he, I think they're going to try to do something. They're going to have to bring in somebody, a veteran, maybe, maybe a Mitch Trubisky type, um, maybe a Drew Locke or something and trade like a fifth. Um, yeah. I, the only problem with drafting is they have one pick in the top 100 picks. So they just have that number six. They don't have a second. They don't have a third because they use it on Sam Darnold and they use it on CJ Henderson. So two guys that 
haven't been looking good from that same draft class. Um, or I guess maybe Henderson's a year younger, um, two young guys that haven't panned out that they've spent big capital on. So you can trade down, you can trade somebody. Um, I don't know who they have to give up right now. Cause they don't have as much depth on either side of the ball, but, um, you know, I guess you could maybe trade that sixth pick and land a couple seconds and maybe a first or something. Um, but yeah, I think they, they have to bring in somebody. And right. the funny thing is they, the first order of business within hours of Matt rule, keeping his job is they, uh, signed, uh, re-signed PJ Walker, the third string quarterback that also happened to be Matt rules quarterback at temple. So, um, not sure why that was so urgent to do uh, right, in right. January, but uh, the former XFL star that has thrown for 300 yards in seven games and eight touch or sorry, one touchdown and eight interceptions has been re-signed for next year. So he's at least in the competition. So what are you doing with that pick at number six? What are the, what are the, what are the main GM, draft needs, I guess, for the for the Panthers? Yeah, so. Biggest glaring need is offensive line. Um, and with this draft, it's a very, very solid offensive line class. Yeah, you got a couple um, of really good tackles coming out early. Yeah, so Evan Neal's coming out. Um, you know, he's probably going to be gone by six, I would think. Who yeah, knows? Cross. We yeah. saw, yeah, Penne Sewell fell last last year to six or seven. Um, yeah, I think it was seven behind Waddle. So, yeah, we, we've seen elite tackles fall a little bit. You got Charles Cross out of Mississippi State, you just said. Um, you got the local guy, uh, Iquanu from yep. NC State. Yep. Yeah, um, he, he's really good. And then I've heard the name Trevor Pinning thrown out a lot from Northern Iowa. Uh, he is the left tackle for Northern Iowa, and he started at left tackle when Spencer Brown from the Buffalo Bills, the rookie, who is a six foot nine, three hundred and fifty pound behemoth, who has been going off this season. He played right tackle at Northern Iowa. So if that tells you anything. This guy must be pretty darn good. Um, he's also six foot seven, so just massive size, ideal reach. I think he's a guy that could slowly start rising up drafts that maybe people don't know about yet. So I think those are some options at tackle. Um, I honestly think if Evan Neal's gone, instead of going cross, I think you go interior offensive line, get Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. Um, you have Christian McCaffrey, one of the best running backs in the league, strengthen up that interior. It's, it's an underrated position. Um, but when you find and can put together like a solid guard, you know, unit and interior line, I mean, look at what the Baltimore Ravens were doing in their heyday in the last last couple of years with their power run. I mean, that's what you need. That's what you need. You're nothing without that. So, um, yeah, and they at least have Taylor Moton, who is their best tackle right now, who is signed like a left tackle, but's playing right tackle majority of the time. He is right. really solid. He had a down year with some injuries. Um, and also just being part of a terrible, terrible offensive line, you know, naturally he's going to not have as good of a season, but yeah, I think you have to go offensive line here or trade down and maybe get an offensive lineman still. I'll, uh, I'll get you out of here on uh, this last topic. Uh, the NFL draft uh, every year does not matter what year it is. The quarterback is always the hot topic, uh, whether, you know, we have generational prospects like, uh, you know, we thought we had last year or maybe some not so generational uh, quarterback prospects uh, like we've got this year. Um you know, there's kind of three names that are talked about at the top and then kind of everybody else in this um, quarterback class. And that may change with senior bowl practices, game, uh, individual workouts. But uh, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Matt Corral, kind of, you know, what are your thoughts on those guys? And uh, do you kind of 
see their games from college translating to the pros? Absolutely. Um, I think it's easy this time and even earlier in the year to label a draft class good or bad. This position's weak, this position's strong. When in hindsight, a couple of years down the road, we're completely wrong. Um, yeah. I don't know if you remember, but that 2018 class with Sam Darnold and um, Josh Rosen. Allen, Lamar, Baker, yep. Rosen, that was labeled as one of the strongest classes in a while. And we've seen maybe two of those guys pan out. I mean, Lamar yep. and Josh Allen. I mean, Baker might not even be brought back to the Browns next year. And he went one overall. Um, that's significant draft capital not to retain for a fifth year, uh, which I think he'll be back. But even the fact that it's a question shows that it's not as good of a draft class as you think. And then if you think the year before that with Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, and Mahomes, everybody was uh, – you know, saying that Mahomes might even be a second rounder by the end of the night. Like that was a weak class. And we got two elite top five quarterbacks out of that class. Um, speaking of, uh, um, sorry, Mitch Trubisky, of course, is one of those two. No, obviously, just, yeah, Mahomes and Watson the, are fantastic. The one out, Mahomes, yeah, Mahomes and Watson, obviously two great, two great quarterbacks. This class I think is really strong. Um, not as strong as the years of, you know, like I just mentioned, like, I don't know if these guys are going to be top two, top fives in this class, but sure. I think there's going to be three first round quarterbacks. And I think all of them are going to be up to par with the guys that came out last year. Um, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. I think he's, he's a really good quarterback. I love Mac Jones. He's my number two. And then Zach Wilson, really good. Um, so I think Pickett, man, I think he is Joe Burrow 2.0. I think he's awesome. Um, he's one that I feel really comfortable with. I think he is, you know, I, I just said that I think there are going to be some really good ones out of this class. I think it's going to be Pickett. That's the one I feel most comfortable about. Um, and then, so I have him number 11 on my big board right now um, just because of the strength at edge. The well, that's convenient. Line. Yeah, exactly. Exactly for you Washington football fans. That's uh, right. Next on my list, I have Matt Corral, who I really like Corral too. I think he's pretty underrated. Um he gets the ball out quick. He has probably maybe the best arm all around in this class with accuracy. Uh, he can throw the deep ball. He's a really small guy. He's six foot on the roster, 200 pounds. So he'll probably beef up to 210, 205 by combine pro day time. Um, but the fact that he is, you know, probably more like 5'11 than six foot is uh, a bit concerning. Just if you look at the overall statistics of shorter quarterbacks not panning out, um, Johnny Manziel comes to mind. Tua, um, obviously, Russell Wilson's been pretty successful as well as Drew Brees, but they're kind of outliers. Um, and the right. story is untold on Tua yet. So I think that's going to be the big concern. And then also the fact that he injured his ankles on multiple occasions throughout the year. Um, it's going to be a durability question. But those two I feel really comfortable with. I like those two. I think they're going to be starters next year in the NFL. And I think they're, you know, guys that could maybe pan out. So that's why I, I say don't sleep on this class. I think there's two guys that are probably going to start next year, um, maybe right away, depending on who takes them. And then third, I actually don't have how I have Malik Willis. Um, mm -hmm. I He's a guy that I was slow to get behind. I um, didn't like him at first. He was coming out of a small school, wasn't sold. Um, right but the raw ability that he has is, is great. And he's, he's kind of where we get into the project territory. He's not going to be, um, you know, 
reading NFL defenses with ease as a rookie, kind of like Mac Jones did. He's a guy that is going to have to get used to the speed of the game um, much faster than what he was playing against. But he also has the arm, you know, he has the mobility, he can run. He's, he looks like a running back on film. Um, smart kid, uh, transferred from Auburn. So, you know, he, he did get the, the good, um, you know, good recruiting. It wasn't like one of these kids that they forgot about. Right. And then after that, I have Sam Howell, um, who very well could get drafted before Malik Willis, just because we've seen a little bit more on film. He's a three-year starter. He's put up, you know, 90 plus touchdowns, but, um, you know, he also had a down season. We kind of saw what he looked like without a bunch of stud weapons around him and two NFL running backs around him. So that's, you know, shaky on him. I'm not exactly sure. Um, He's also not the tallest guy. He's like six one. So we don't have too many tall guys in this class. No, not at all. um, But speaking of tall guys, there are two of them, Desmond Ritter, who I think is in that like six, five category. He's huge um, live arm struggle with consistency uh, and accuracy, but big guy. Um, we saw him against Alabama though. That's not going to help. And then Carson strong out of Nevada. I have him in my fifties and my big board. A lot of people are saying they love him. They think he's the dark horse. They want to say he's QB one. He's, he's not. And that's just cause they don't, they don't know what really enough about it. They don't understand that there's some significant medical information out there that teams are kind of, probably going to look into a lot. I know he's had some significant, significant knee injuries, um, some that didn't heal properly, stuff like that. Um, And I don't want to bash him and I'm not a doctor and I'm not going to, you know, say what's up, but I do know for a fact that there is, you know, a lot of talk about the medical information. So um, that you never want to see. And it's not going to probably end up going in the first round as a quarterback, but we never know could come back clean or something and surprise us. But yeah, that's kind of how I'd wrap up this class at quarterback. Uh, I'll give you a curveball, and hopefully, hopefully this goes uh, goes good for me. Bailey Zapp, Western Kentucky, um, obviously not a day one guy, round one or anything like that, but somebody maybe the third round um, who could sit for a year and then potentially, uh, um, you know, maybe compete for a job after that. What do you what do you think about uh, Bailey Zapp? It's funny you ask because you know if I had to put a comp on him right now, I'd probably say Taylor Heineke. Uh, he, he's a uh, He's got a he's got a good arm, not a bad arm. Um, he put up crazy stats in college, uh, sixty touchdown season this year. Um, he did have really really good receiver Jared Stearns, who is going to be a sleeper that people aren't talking about enough. He's going to be a guy that you're going to want to get in dynasty football or something like that because he's just a freaking stud. I think he had like sixteen oh, wow. or eighteen hundred yards receiving and twenty something touchdowns. So um, I think a lot of that, those stats were inflated just by, you know, the conference he's playing in, the weapons he has, the offense he's playing in. But um, he's a he's a little bit undersized too and um, not the most traditional quarterback, but solid, very solid. Um, could be, you know, just like a gamer, a, a guy that like Taylor Heineke finds his way to a starting lineup at some point. Very nice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, dude. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, dropping some knowledge about the draft, about the NFL, and about uh, the Panthers. Thank you so much. Uh, you want to tell everybody uh, where they can find you, uh, what you guys have uh, going on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and thanks so much for having me on. I'm a big fan of y'all's work and love getting to uh, do this anytime. But yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Mock Draft Monday. Um, we are putting out mock drafts of some sort for the rest of the draft season. 
Um, and Brian knows about that. We got a, a fun uh, mock draft in a different, you know, twist of the word mock draft. You'll find out on our podcast on Monday if you listen to that. Um, but okay. yeah, and then draft.esports.com. Check us out anytime. Uh, we do it for the fans. We're all just doing it for fun as a as a second job, and we, we love the game. And I'm excited. Big things ahead. We will be at the Senior Bowl, you know, maybe even at the Combine, trying to look into getting that figured away right now. But yeah, fun draft season ahead. So thanks so much for having me on. Harris, we appreciate it. Everybody go check out uh, Draft ID Podcast. Uh, thank you, man. Take care. Yeah, thanks so much.